Hey guys, welcome back to another um, mallet thumping, electricity generating episode of the Mighty Thor podcast. Well, you make it sound so appealing. Indeed, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. That way, we get more listeners and get some feedback. Um, you have heard both voices for the podcast. Uh, the official introductions, I suppose, are as follows. Uh, this is a two-voice podcast where Terry and I – say hello, Terry. Hi, everybody. Uh, get together and we talk about Thor. We switch up talking. Um, one podcast will talk about the old journey into mystery appearances of Thor, and then the other podcast of the month will talk about journey into mystery, but we'll throw in the current volume of Thor as well. Uh, we try to be a bi-weekly podcast, and we have only been quasi-successful. All of that is for those of you who this is a new podcast for. The rest of you, uh, you know all that. So, on with the show. After three consecutive shows of feedback, we don't have any this time. So, sorry about that. Could be because it's been a little while since we've had any shows out. Sorry about that, too. No excuses, though. So this episode, we are going to talk about, this is our, our old episode. We're going to talk about three issues of the 1952 volume of Journey into Mystery. They will be issues 107, 108, and 109. So we're starting off with 107. The th cover of the um, comic indicates new, different, seemingly unbeatable. You and Thor are about to meet the Grey Gargoyle. We have the Grey Gargoyle walking through town, seemingly touching people, turning them into stone, and Thor is set to battle him while other townspeople that have been not uh, not been stoned are running away. And inside, let's see, do we have anything snappy? Well, it was written by Stan Lee, who needs the money, drawn by Jack Kirby, who enjoys the practice, inked by Chick Stone, who loves the publicity, and lettered by Art Simic, whoever he is. That's what it says. Exactly. So <laughs> we open up with uh, Dr. Blake in his office brooding, uh, as Dr. Blake often does. He seems to have a lot to brood about. A little bit of reflection back to issue 105 here, talking about Cobra and Mr. Hyde. He um, decides that he's not able to solve his problems as a mortal, so he changes into Thor, runs into Jane, and just kind of brushes her aside. But even as he's trying to brush her aside, he finds out from Jane that she loves Don Blake. Uh, one of the things that Don was worried about is that her feelings had changed for him due to recent events that have transpired on both sides in stories. Um, all, all of which we have gone over, so if you guys want to go back uh, for three or four podcasts, you'll get all of the stories. So we have Thor zooming around like a kid because the little girl said she loved him. It's so funny. So he's, I mean, he really is, he's... Flipping doing loop to loops over, flying all over the place and zooming by people and and playing with airplanes and yeah, it's very. He reminds me of of Rudolph. Very kid like when she she's a pewd, a pewd. Yeah, he says with his stopped up nose voice from where he's got the mud on it. Yeah, uh, the plane that he he flies around uh, apparently is carrying a traveler that will be will be watching because we. It cuts to that plane, and we see the plane land and the passenger disembark. Um, although being a jetliner, he's the only passenger that disembarks. So the attendant goes inside to see and finds that everyone on the plane has been turned to stone. Cutting back to the passenger, he has taken a cab uh, somewhere, doesn't really say. 
he's thinking about the people in the airliner that he turned to stone, and we find out that uh, the spell, quote-unquote, wears off. But he doesn't... Um, he doesn't really say at this point how long. We come to find out later that it lasts for an hour. So somehow he has the ability to turn people, animate objects, into inanimate stone for an hour. Um, or so we think inanimate. Don't really know if the people have any perceptions in their stone state or not. But uh, He reflects back on his origin story, how he is... A scientist named Duval, and he gets uh, frightened by one of his superiors and spills some chemicals on his hand, which turns his hand to stone. And then when he grasps that hand, it turns the other hand to stone. And in in uh, concern and, and disgust, he sits at a desk and puts his face in his hands, and that's when it turns the rest of his body into stone. It's so funny because he's like, oh, no, now I've touched my other hand, and now it's turned to stone. And then what does he do? He, he buries his face. Yeah, he puts his face in his hand. <laughs> oh, my kind of thing and turns his whole body into stone. So, But the difference with him is the passengers on the plane were just like stone. He, they weren't moving or anything. Yeah, he can move uh, supposedly, but now – See, when he later on, when he dons his costume and everything, I think he turns his costume to stone, but he doesn't turn himself. Yeah, he does. F physically, he turns no, himself. We'll oh, okay. you'll see. It's himself. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so the power doesn't affect him the same way. Right. So he runs out and starts playing with it, turning people. Um, I would assume in the Parisian streets uh, into stone. Decides that he's going to try to do some things. For himself with this newfound ability, starts robbing things and realizes, hmm, well, I, I have all this stuff, but it, it's it's just not doing anything for me. I, I, there's, you know, there there must be more. And he decides that the more is going to be to steal Thor's hammer because Thor's hammer must be what gives Thor his immortality. I'm not sure how he ever settles on that, but. So he has traveled across the ocean to New York to find Thor and take his hammer away. When the um, taxi cab gets, I guess, just away from the airport, um, Duval then turns his powers on the cab driver and turns him to stone and, and leaves. As all this stuff is being discovered by the officials – uh, word gets out over the radio, which Thor hears in, in passing uh, someone's apartment. Their window's open, and he hears the news story. And he comes upon the scene where the police have found the taxi cab driver and tells them that he will take charge of the victim, so to speak. He's going to uh, take the victim to... Dr. Don Blake to be examined, and he quotes Avengers Authority to kind of take over the scene. And the police officer, you know, acquiesces to that authority, and Blake gets the taxi driver there in his, um, in his offices, and he's, you know, he's giving him the once over and checking everything, and, and he hears that internally everything is okay. He can still hear a heartbeat, although it's slow. So he surmises that hmm, whatever is going on must go away after some period of time. So I'll, I'll, you know, just leave dude and and, and watch him. And and, uh, and while he's doing that, his nurse Jane, lovely Jane, is telling him, "Yes, I just heard a bulletin that said the people on the plane turned back turned to back. So so uh, so they they both ponder there momentarily. You know what could have caused this, and of course that's the uh, writers or uh, artists opportunity to cut to whomever caused it, uh, which they do. They cut to Duval uh, in a hotel room putting on this really funky costume. It's really weird looking. And then he indicates that he is going out as the gray gargoyle. So it's got uh, 
a cape and shorts and some glasses and then claw-like hands and feet. And then this is where Terry said, he indicates, but now by removing my protective glove and touching my stone hand to the rest of my body, I shall cease being Paul Duval for the next hour. So he does turn his body to stone, but it's a movable stone, unlike the other uh, people that he touches. So now he goes out. And uh, basically he's looking for Thor. And uh, he reaches the offices of Dr. Blake, which I'm not sure how he knew that Blake was connected to Thor, now that I think about it. I don't think he ever said in all his musings. But he uh, arrives at Dr. Blake's office here and climbs in the window from where he has scaled the building, threatens Don Blake, and indicates that he needs to get Thor to, to come to him. And uh, Blake takes an opportunity and, and runs away to get away, and, and he gets what he feels is far enough away from Gargoyle, Grey Gargoyle, and he, he won't give away his secret. And then he turns into Thor just as the Grey Gargoyle makes the scene, uh, having been chasing Don Blake. So now Thor and the Grey Gargoyle go at it, uh, Grey Gargoyle makes like he's running again to draw Thor into a more favorable situation for him, and he manages to uh, subdue Thor at a gas station by igniting a gas tank by clacking his glove-covered hands together. Interesting. Must have been a static spark. Must have been. And the explosion stuns Thor, separates him from his, his mallet, his hammer, and the Greg Gargoyle goes to scoop it up and finds out, of course, that he can't lift it. Uh, only those of Stout Heart or, or – I everybody thinks it's the strength of Thor, and that's the way they play it, but that's not really what the inscription reads. The inscription reads something about the character. It has to be worthy. Yeah, it's, they have to be worthy. It's a character that only he and Odin possess, and then over time they slip a couple other Marvel Universe characters in there too. But but they did make um, seem to talk about him being able to lift the handle. So apparently, even most people can't lift the handle. Right, but, but his he, he strength could, allows him to at least to at least do him. that. Yeah. And then you know, using the machine that Cobra used, that has nothing to do with character. But they were yeah. still able to lift a hammer. So apparently sheer strength can do yeah. something, but it has to be like astronomical strength for it to even. So in the in the midst of this fight, when uh, Greg Gargo realizes that he can't get away with the hammer, he touches Thor, uh, turns him to stone, just as some police arrive on scene with flamethrowers, and they chase after the Greg Gargoyle as they're – you know, basically running past or whatever, Thor starts to to fall, the, the statue of Thor. And as he falls and hits the ground, his mallet strikes the ground, instantly changing him back to Don Blake holding the cane. So Blake hobbles back to his uh, office, realizing that, you know, well, I, I know why I, I got changed back. And I can't change back to Thor because... You know, according to time, he probably would still be stone, so I don't want to do that. So that means I'm going to have to do something as the lame, and I don't mean uh, bad lame, I mean lame as in not able to walk, uh, Dr. Don Blake to defeat this particular menace. He comes up with an idea and gives his old buddy Tony Stark, who is the Avenger Iron Man, so here's another Avengers reference, uh, and gets some equipment from Tony that he's going to use to do something. We're, we're not really sure right off. We uh, come to find out that the equipment that he borrowed from Tony is some sort of 3D projector uh, that also allows him to control the movement of the image it projects. So basically he can project a moving image, and uh, he picks Thor 
as the image he wants to work with because he knows the gray gar- gargoyle is looking for Thor. Uh, he mounts the equipment on a motorcycle and starts driving around town with this projected image of Thor, like Thor is zooming around, uh, you know, on patrol or looking for Grey Gargoyle or, or w- whatever it's perceived at as, um, knowing that when the Grey Gargoyle sees this, he'll, he'll probably come out of wherever he's hiding. And uh, indeed he does. And the Grey Gargoyle chases after Thor uh, until for some reason, and I, I, I don't – this was a bad call, I, I think. But Blake makes the image of Thor hurl his hammer at the Grey Gargoyle, knowing that it's not going to hurt the Grey Gargoyle. And the Gargoyle realizes, hmm, well, I'll, I'll catch the hammer, but it, it, it passes through him. So he realizes, well, something is up with the hammer because I, I should have had it. And he notices that Thor – who was flying when he flung his hammer was still flying, but he knows that the hammer is what allows Thor to fly. So uh, between those two things, he realizes something is up, starts looking around for something else to be up, and he sees Dr. Blake riding around on the motorcycle and so now starts chasing after him. Well, Dr. Blake's plan is to lead him to the uh, Hudson River, so he's on a motorcycle being chased by the gray gargoyle who's in this van, and, and he drives off of a pier, and um, the, the gargoyle doesn't necessarily notice where he's at. So he, he crashes his truck after Blake, and they both plummet into the, uh, into the, the uh, East River. East? Hudson. Hudson River. East River is around here where we live. Sorry. Yeah. The Hudson River and uh, the great gargoyle being made of stone, he sinks and just continues to sink and then gets caught up in some some boat wakes and gets pulled out into the ocean where he can sink even deeper. And uh, and apparently he also only stays the great gargoyle for an hour because he says it will be at least a half an hour before I change back. Yeah, he said that when he touched himself now to change for an hour. Yes. Yeah. So uh, now I, I guess the great gargoyle doesn't need to breathe oxygen. I think he does. Uh, for the next half hour, he's not going to be breathing oxygen. I know, but I think that when he turns back, he needs to be able to breathe because he's talking about I'll never be able to reach the surface oh, when he, by the time I When he turn turns back. back, but right yeah. now, I guess he doesn't. Oh, no, he's stoned. He doesn't need oxygen. It doesn't It doesn't kill him. So. Yeah. Uh, so we see Blake. Um, he um, you know, climbs out of, the, out of the river there, turns back to Thor. And, and goes to Jane just in time to see that the cab driver is okay. He's leaving. Jane is reading a, a newspaper uh, headline stating, Daring Physician Rid City of Grey Gargoyle Menace. Now, Terry, I have a question for you. Yes. You work at a paper. Yes. What kind of turnaround is this to be able to get this paper out? That's kind of ridiculous, let okay. me tell you. Now, it used to be back years and years and years ago, the local paper did have an evening edition. Right, you had two editions a two day. Editions. And then they, they could have got something that happened that morning, afternoon-ish, into the evening edition. But, whew, and, yeah, that's, and that's some powerful uh, reporting there. This isn't the first time we've seen this in a paper in, in no. here. Uh, no. Thor will go out and do something, and by the time he's back as Dr. Mm-hmm. Blake, the, the paper's headlines. Now, you know, reports on radio and TV, okay, that's fine, but the paper is out. Yeah. And uh, I can't quite see what they're trying to do with the paper. It's called the Daily M. You can't really see that second word. The Daily yeah. Planet is Superman's paper. The yeah. Daily Bugle is Spider-Man's. So yeah, you can't tell what that says. But this looks like a longer word. So and so, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jane is you know happy that her frump of a of a lover boy there did some good and got some credit for it. And Thor's like, well, what a brave man he must be, or you know, so and yada yada yada. That is the. Uh, the end of that one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, now, again, I told you when we sat down and read these that the Greg Gargoyle is another one of these characters that is is still around. He still pops up. Well, yeah, I figure he has to be because we don't know that he's really gone. I mean, just because he he right. sunk to the bottom of the Hudson River, well, like doesn't mean that he's gone. Like Zarco, I don't know. Yeah. If I remember Zarco popping up anymore. I mean, he might. We're only talking about forty years of of 
continuity, and I'm sure I haven't read because every. He was only, he's so. only in the the hands of the law, so so he could. Um, typical Stanley kind of stuff, uh, I think, as far as the character development, the pining of Blake, the um, the steadfastly holding on to these emotions of Thor and Jane Foster vacillating back and forth between loving Blake, loathing Blake, loving Blake, loathing Blake. So yeah. with a little bit of, oh, Thor, in between. Oh, Thor, you know. So yeah. it's yeah. it's this, you know, Jane almost by herself has her own triangle, uh, much less with Blake and Thor actually there. So um, what did you think? It was okay. It was okay. I, I I think I'm I'm enjoying these more as I have been reading them than those first six yeah. or eight. So I don't yeah, know I if that's me. I prefer the, the I, pre- I prefer the mutant altered and or from Asgardian kind of evil people rather than just your regular old mobsters and oh, yeah. and such. So well, this would be a, a pretty good guy, seeing as how if he gets hold of Thor, he can turn him to turn stone him for an hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, now it might not let him defeat Thor or get his hammer, but it certainly will give him enough time to get away. Yeah. You know, you can get quite away in an hour. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, he he's the the creation of this character I think is a good one for Thor, if for no other reason than that. You know, if the writer just cannot figure out a way out of where he's written the character, just get Thor close enough to touch him and he'll turn him to stone. You know, what do you need? He could mm-hmm. transport Thor somewhere in mm-hmm. an hour and go somewhere else and Thor one way and him the other, and that would be two hours difference in wherever they're located. So, you know, I don't know. He could turn Thor into stone and turn him over to some evil organization or something. Yeah. Turn him over to Loki. Yeah. You know, Loki could make a pact with him and get him to turn, help him turn Thor to stone, and then once he does that, Loki's got him. And I don't know. Chain him up somewhere, I guess, like he's been chained up, or who knows? Carry him into Asgard over the Rainbow Bridge. So we'll move on to um, Journey into Mystery 108, The Mighty Thor. And I like this, The Mighty Thor, possibly the handsomest, most noble superhero of all time. That's on the cover. See Thor battle Loki, Prince of Evil, for the life of lovely Jane Foster. Guest starring the world's most mysterious mortal, Doctor Strange, Master of Black Magic. That was all on the cover. So this starts out with um, the mighty Thor. He is apparently attacking the street of New York with his hammer. And everybody's like standing around aghast, wondering why. And since we've been doing this lately, let me just share with this. It's written by Stan Lee, the Idol of Millions. Illustrated by Jack Kirby, The Toast of the Town. Inked by Chick Stone, The Man of the Hour, and lettered by Art Simic, The People's Choice. Whereas the last issue, we didn't even know who he was, but now he's The People's Choice. Hey, woo! He moved up. Yeah, and it's just amazing. Okay, so this starts out with Thor, as I said, attacking the streets of New York. And he ha- he is whomping down on the streets with his big mallet and causing this little shock wave whomping. Whom, it says right there. Whom. I'm sorry, folks. He's looking at me like. Yep. That's what it says in the comic, though. That is his sound. So he chose bop, pow, you know, it's whom. So there's. No. O-O-M. Whom. So there's a little shock ripple, and everybody's like wondering what in the world he's doing. But lo and behold, at the end of it, like blocks away at a certain corner, there is a child that's about to be hit by a runaway truck. And just at the right second, the street does this little bobble thing, causes the truck to kind of jump, and it goes right over the little boy, and he doesn't get hurt. Amazing. It's amazing, the timing. I'm telling you. He saw that. You know, half a city away or whatever, yeah, I I know. Don't, you know. And then he mentions the Avengers. Once again, we're having Avenger talk every single episode now yes. about how he will repair the damage to the city with the emergency fund that the Avengers keep just for that purpose. And the cops like, man, we should have known he's a good guy. We should have known he had a reason for doing that. 
so he's hurling through the, the the skies of New York, and he gets this vision almost. He can feel a thought reaching out to him. That's the first time I remember thoughts reaching out to Thor. Well, but Calls he's had feelings before. Yeah, but, I know, but this this this, this yeah. seems new to me. Well, he's a god. I guess he's sensitive to it. You know, I guess I, I don't sensitive. Know. Okay. Okay. So he goes to where the mental summons takes him, and it's to the village retreat of the man known as Doctor Strange, Master of Black Magic, and he's all laid out on the floor, and there's a little disarray of his areas, so that you know that he's been dealing with somebody of strong spells, I don't know, because he's a magic man, there had to be another magic man. But anyway, Thor's like, oh, you need medical attention. And he's like, yes, I do. Mordo tried to use a magic spell on the city, and I had to stop him. And the, the city is safe, but the, the, the spell was too strong. So Thor calls for an ambulance, says it's Dr. Blake, has a patient that needs help. He turns back into Dr. Blake so that he can be there when the ambulance arrives and goes with Dr. Strange to the hospital so that he can perform surgery on him. Surgery to do what? I'm not quite sure, but apparently in in this world, if there's something wrong with you, surgery will heal it because Dr. Blake is a surgeon. I guess I, I just, you know, it, so, it, he, he was attacked magically and he passed out. Yes. So seemingly, if Blake were to look him over, um, th- there probably are no external injuries. And like he says... In the um, operating scene, he said no drugs or anything known to man are going to help. <laughs> but I guess he has to be able yes. to be in in a in a in a situation where he can do whatever he needs to do once he has the unearthly knowledge of Thor that you know. They're they're sterile and, and scrubs in an operating room. So I mean, they've gone to a lot of effort realizing that there's nothing he can do. I mean, he's got a whole, you know. Operating suite here. There, there's people watching. There's two and I don't know or five attendants with him. And so. I don't know what they're operating on, but it's delicate, according. Yes. Delicate operation. So, you know, it's I. <laughs> and apparently Odin calls for him right when he's at the most part, delicate part of the operation, and he can't answer him because he's busy right now. I'm busy right now. So Odin gets upset because Thor's not answering him, and he says, I'm going to take care of his butt when I get back from my little fight that i got to go to. And so great is his anger that he causes an electrical storm all over Earth, and the power fails in the operating room where Thor is trying to, well, Dr. Blake, I'm sorry, is trying to save Dr. Strange. And he very calmly and coolly says, that's okay, switch over to emergency lights. We're going to save this man no matter what. So Odin goes off in his battle and says, I will get him when I get back. The boy's going to get a whooping when I get back home. Well, Loki, being ever mindful of, of his opportunities, yes. knows, here's all this that's going on. And it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Odin's not paying any attention. I'm going to go down to Earth. And he turns into a bee. And he goes to Earth so that he can get hold of Thor. So Dr. Blake does manage to save Dr. Strange's life. So now Dr. Strange says, I am indebted to you. Whenever you need anything, you just let me know. So Dr. Blake later goes back to his office. And there's this man waiting on him in the office who also has an old cane just like Dr. Blake's. And he goes over to, to see if he can help him. And the man Pratt falls and says, oh, I'm so weak and picks up. Dr. Blake's stick throws it out the window and turns into Loki. Blake picks up his stick, whether he thinks it's his stick, but it's not, and tries to turn back into Thor, and he can't because it's, it's not the proper stick. And meanwhile, Loki's done put this knockout gas in the air and knocked out Dr. Jane, I mean Nurse Jane, and picks her up and says, well, now that you can't do anything about it, I'm going to take her away, and, and you'll just have to see if you can... Come rescue her. So Dr. Blake goes down and he tries to find his his stick and, and can't find it anywhere. It's gone. It's gone. So he calls for Odin. Well, Odin is out fighting his little battle, so he doesn't answer. And he thinks, well, he's not answering because he's pissed at me because I didn't answer him. So you should always answer the phone because you just never – you don't want to start this whole cycle. All right. You never know. So you never know. So he says, fine, I'll have to do it all by myself. So he thinks, ah, I can go talk to Dr. Strange right. 
and see if he can help me because he said that he had powers and that he might yep. be, he could help me at any time. So he goes back to the hospital and talks to Doctor Strange and tells him what he needs. Well, Doctor Strange sends his ectoplasmic form out and to find the the stick, the cane, and he finally he finds it because somehow his amulet allows him to like tune in to. Objects that have certain special powers or something, and I guess the, the cane being able to turn into the the hammer of Thor has its own little vibrational aura going on there. L- little little geek geek geekasm here that that amulet is called the Eye of Agamotto. Ooh, that's one. Yeah, of, I'm not geek enough to know that yet. That's one of Doctor Strange's main. Um, uh, power uh, devices is okay. the Eye of Agamotto. It does all of these things. And he has some other of Agamotto things also. I believe the cape he wears is oh, of, okay. and, you know, so it's like a set. And they're, they're the power set for the um, Sorcerer Supreme of our dimension. And it's part of, like, that office. When When you are granted that title, these objects come with it. And that this particular one is the Eye of Agamotto. So, okay. Yeah. So the Eye of Agamotto finds the, the cane, the stick, and immediately he's back into his body and he tells um, Dr. Blake where it is. And Dr. Blake goes down to the wharf and finds some hobos fishing, using his, <laughs> his stick as a fishing rod. My baloney has the first, first name. name. Yeah, there's like the stick. little dude sitting yeah. with his tinker toy fishing rod. Yeah. So he goes up to the to the men and says, "I need that cane. You have to give it to me." And he grabs it, and the men are starting to fight him. And Doctor Strange's apparition shows up and scares the men because they think it's a ghost, and they go running. And he he fades away. And Doctor Blake then taps the stick and turns into Thor and says, "I need to get as high as I can so I can scan the city because I need to find Loki because he has my woman off somewhere." Meanwhile, Odin gets back, wonders what in the world could have happened to Thor, and starts thinking maybe he was too harsh to him. Maybe he's, you know, he yeah. needs to, to contact him and see what's going on. So he contacts Thor again, and Thor's like, "Never mind. You didn't want to talk to me a minute ago. I figured it all out myself. Just go on and leave me alone." So this time he hangs up on him. Yeah, he hangs up on right. him. Right. He he didn't take the first call, and this call he hangs up on him. Right. So, so he's Thor's on his way to find Loki and the Avengers show up. I'm assuming they're going to do this more often now that we've been introduced Probably. to them. Yeah. So we have the Iron Man and Giant Man and Wasp. Wasp. I knew that. I'm getting geek. And they're saying, let us let let us help you. Let us help you out with this. And Thor's like, no, you can't help me out. And they're like, come on, don't, don't, don't let us you know, down. We want to be in a good battle with you. And he's like, I've said, no, the subject's closed. Go away. And as he's flying away, he's saying, he's explaining that the reason he was so rude to his friends, but he could, he knows that Loki is much too powerful being as guardian God, that they would never be able to do anything against Loki, that he's much too powerful. So he goes up to the, I don't know why they even brought them in except to keep them uh, in appearance, alive in yeah. appearance in the story. So he goes and, and apparently the, the hammer, also, like the eye of Agamotto. Agamotto can kind of hone in on on things that have special powers. Apparently, the hammer of Thor can sense the aura of free-flowing electrons from gods <laughs> of Asgard. So he's like holding the hammer up, trying to get a bead in on the free-flowing electrons of Loki. Finally does, and he goes down to where he is. And he's... Trying to fight, he's trying to find Jane, but he's, he's, he sees that Jane's not with Loki, so he mentally talks to Doctor Strange and says, I need your help here as a friend of Doctor Blake. I need you to find, use your powers and find Jane and keep her safe while I fight Loki. And Doctor Strange is like, sure, whatever my friend Don Blake needs, I'm with you. So he, so Thor goes down and confronts Loki. And Loki's like, oh, no, you've retrieved your cane, but I've got your girl, and she's in limbo, and I will kill her if you don't surrender. And Thor's like, do whatever you want. I'll take care of that. Let's 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 battle it out. So him, him and Loki fight for a little while, and, and 
Loki, for some reason, always thinks that he can do battle and win, but he never can. And Thor finally beats him down and says, see, no, you can't. And he forces him. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm so sorry. He forces him to bring Jane back. And and he does. And he says, I'm not satisfied yet, though. I still want to fight. But then this cloud appears and this arm reaches out of the cloud and grabs up Loki and takes him away. And it is um, one of the Asgardian gods who has been given power in his arm by Odin so that Loki can't escape the grip of that arm. And he's taking him back to dad. And, and dad is so proud of Thor, said you've been valiant. And you showed your courage, and I am so proud of you. And I apologize, and I, I I forgive you for hanging up on me earlier. You know, all is forgiven. And Thor's like, "Thank you very much, Dad, but I can't talk right now. I've got to get Jane back where she needs to be because she's been traumatized before she awakens." And Odin's like, "I can't believe he still loves this woman." Fine, go on. So this time he cut him short. Yeah. He didn't answer. He hung up, and he cut him short. Right. Okay. So Thor goes back to take Jane back, and that's the end of that story. So what would you think? It was okay. Did you like it better or lesser than the Great Gargoyle? Um, Probably about the same. I like the introduction of Doctor Strange. This is the mm-hmm. first time I've seen Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's his very first appearance in comics. Probably not. No. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they use him again and, and talk about him some more. I'm a little tired of Loki, but, you know, Loki's going to be there forever it, because we're reading yeah. the new ones and Loki's there because Thor brought him back. There, anyway, they, they rely on Loki a, a lot. And they, uh, they don't know what else to yeah. do. Like, let's put Loki in there as his, as his foe. But it, it was okay. I like the Doctor Strange introduction. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I think at this point, Doctor Strange probably is in one of Marvel's other titles, kind of like Journey into Mystery. Um, and I'm sure we could look it up and find the title. But there were three or four titles that had this generic kind of title for the book. But the stories inside, like... Thor is in this one. Uh, there was one that had Captain America in it as the lead feature. There was one that had Iron Man in it as the lead feature. And by this time, I guess, with Doctor Strange, maybe he had a co-feature in one of those that had Iron Man or Captain America, one of those. But they they were um, kind of like anthology titles because they had more than one ongoing story in it, but usually only like a couple. They had the main feature that was like two-thirds of the book, and then the other third of the book was another character that they... And that smaller feature, a lot of times what they would do is they would try somebody out and see you know, if they caught on, and if they didn't, they'd drop it and change it to somebody else, or if they did, they would move them to something else, a team book, or maybe they would try to move them to their own book or something like that. So they used it as kind of the tryout. Now, in Journey into Mystery... The co-feature that we haven't been talking about that's been running is more background information stories about Asgard itself. So right. they haven't really been focusing on a particular character, but on like a, a world, like Thor's world. So, all right, guys, issue 109 of Journey into Mystery uh, cover features the menace of Magneto, most powerful of the evil mutants. And on the cover, we see Magneto and his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants here. And Magneto is trying to take the hammer of Thor away from him with his magnet powers. Uh, Thor is at a uh, an exhibit that... Unveiling. That, right, okay. Uh and this is written by Stan Lee, the monarch of the Marvel Age at the pinnacle of his power. Illustrated by Jack Kirby, the prince of pageantry at the height of his titanic talent. Inked by Chick Stone, the dean of line design at the peak of his prowess. And lettered by Stan Rosen, the sultan of spelling at the little table in his studio. So, we're not making these up, guys. This is actually what they say. So Thor has been invited to preview an exhibit that's going to be opening uh, based on honoring superheroes. 
So he's in in and amongst uh many different superhero statues. Fantastic Four, Spider Man, Daredevil, and the X Men. Now the X Men are mentioned, which is interesting that they would be raising statues to the X Men because the X Men were outlaws at this point and they were being hunted by the FBI. So why in the world you would honor honor them with statues is beyond me. But uh, and actually, without knowing it, that's kind of a, a pre, pre, prelude as to what's going to be going on in this book. So Thor thanks the uh, curator for the preview and heads off uh, basically on patrol. Uh, meanwhile, we see a tree-shaped piece of driftwood, which is actually the camouflage for a submarine, is uh, moving into New York Harbor. And in the submarine is Magneto and his band of evil mutants who are looking for the X-Men. Uh, for more information, check out their title. He, uh, Magneto, sends the other Brotherhood members who are Frog, Mastermind, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver later on go on to become Avengers. Sends them off looking for the X-Men, and, and he is left behind in his uh, in his submarine here to run some experiments of his own on some new equipment that he has in the submarine. Blake, uh, Thor finishes up his patrol and, and reverts to Blake and goes to the office to do some time as Don Blake. And in the midst of that, sees that something is happening around the city, that metallic objects are up and moving around and flying around and whatever. Uh, he doesn't know at the time, but it's tied into the equipment trial that Magneto is doing. And then it just stops. So Blake um, finishes up what he's doing and, and tries to get out to um, try to figure out what was going on you know, just moments ago. And he kind of stumbles over the fact that he had a dinner date with Jane and he, he had to put that off. And, of course, Jane... Uh, Indicates we wouldn't want to inconvenience you, would we? So she gets a little pissy. Yeah, whatever. That's that. That all's getting kind of old. Issue after issue after. You know, it's like we know what's going on. Just let it rest for two or three books. Don't you know? Mention it every. Ugh. Yeah. So Thor um, goes out on patrol to try to find what was happening to this to to the metallic objects in town and runs across these waves of force that his hammer is attracted to and it takes him to the submarine which he goes down into and confronts Magneto in the course of the confrontation Magneto believing Thor to be a mutant rather than Thor asks him to join and of course Thor being the boy scout says no so they resume their tussle um, typical Magneto kind of controlling metal stuff. At one point, however, Thor throws his hammer and Magneto, you know, without even realizing what a good idea it was, prevents the hammer from coming back to Thor. So now Thor uh, continues to fight trying to defeat Magneto, knowing he's on the clock again. Uh, Magneto shuts him behind this, this steel door, uh, just as he reverts to Don Blake. So Magneto didn't see. He doesn't know. Uh, he does find Blake's cane, but doesn't pay any attention to it. Uh, kind of treats it like like the uh, the bunny syndrome, where his attention gets turned. But then he turns his attention back to the fact that he's got Thor uh, penned up, and and he starts trying to do some things, trying to get Thor. Kind of remotely is chasing him around the. Um, the submarine doing different things to try to subdue who he thinks is Thor, but it's really Don Blake. So actually, it's kind of cool that Blake is able to avoid these things intended for Thor. Yeah, it is. Even though it's the human Blake who is lame uh, that is managing to avoid him. So in the midst of this, the uh, rest of the Brotherhood members that Magneto sent out call him for help because the X-Men have found them and are attacking them. And so Magneto... Uh, decides that he must, you know, stop what he's doing with Thor and attend to the rest of the evil mutants. At which point, 
Don Blake finds his cane and turns back to Thor. And so now Thor resumes the battle with Magneto. All the while Magneto, you know, realizing that he needs to get out and get on to, to help his other evil mutants. He, um, sets a thermonuclear proton bomb for Thor only to find that the bomb is thwarted by the X-Men who we never actually see, but the different powers of the X-Men, and they have little different things. The bomb gets to ice over like Iceman would do, and then there's a shadow here of Angel, and there's a couple big clumsy hands that are supposed to be the Beast. Uh, we see Magneto get away in a little mini-sub, and the submarine that chases after him is yellow with a big X on it. So, you know, all, all indications of the X-Men, but you, you can't really say that the X-Men had an appearance in this book. So Thor finds the bomb, and uh, I don't know if he detonates it or just sinks the sub, but he he gets because he says he says the bomb is frozen into uselessness now. Okay, why why did they even show that? Okay, so he sinks the sub and uh, goes on back to uh, to talk to Jane. We see Magneto who gets away. Um, Swearing that he will defeat the X-Men in time. Blake goes back to Jane and they, they have, finally, they have a nice, quiet, little evening kind of thing going here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some normal banter between I like you, you like me. Um, and it ends quietly and peacefully for the two of them in a ham and cheese sandwich in the direction that you kind of want this to go you know at at this point if for no other reason than just to get through the storyline you just want them to be together Mm -hmm. you know just let them be together let them eat their ham and cheese sandwich so that that is the end of this particular issue so what'd you think about that one it was okay okay I, I don't understand why they wanted to introduce the X Men without introducing the X Men. Well, well, but you know, hey, yeah, they didn't really. Um, I don't know why they decided they wanted to use Magneto against Thor. I, you know, Magneto had his hands full over in the X book. There, there was no reason. So, I'm not sure what that was. Are the X Men relatively new at this point? Uh, relatively. Are they trying to grab some some readership by going to established comics like Thor kind and saying hinting here, at this? Here, here's somebody new that you can check out their book and. It could be 1963. Yeah, that's when the volume of X Men started. So we're into 64, maybe 65 by now. So yeah, they're not too old. Okay. All right. Well, guys, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, next time we will talk about issues 10 and 11, 110 and 111 of Journey into Mystery and issue 618 of the current Thor title. If you do want to get in touch with us, uh, by email, you can shoot it to the Mighty Thor podcast at gmail.com. Our website is comicbooknoise slash Thor. We also have a link to some forums there if you want to jump on the forums. We have our Facebook fan page where uh, Facebook is kind of where Terry and I spend most of our time. We'll flip on Facebook on our laptops and run around doing other things so we can see. That's how we communicate with most of our friends and family and everything like that is through Facebook. So one of us almost always has it on. Uh, as ever, Mr. Coward, we want to thank you very much for your time and assistance. Um, we appreciate everything that you're doing for the more family of podcasts. And hey, for those of you guys out there that really like podcasts and want to listen to something with a little different flavor, look up a little podcast called Dixie and Mo in the morning. Morning? In the afternoon. In the morning. Dixie and Mo in the morning. It might, might, we might be in the afternoon. I'm not sure. Yeah. The Dixie and Mo is the one. It's, it's also connected to the, uh, Deliberate Noise podcast network. So if you, Go to Deliberate Noise websites. You can find Dixie and Mo. A uh, little bit different take on things. Uh, entertaining podcast always. And, you know, for those of you that enjoy listening to podcasts, it might be up someone's alley. All right, guys. Well, um, other than that, I guess just uh, keep listening. Give us some feedback here. We're, we're kind of out of feedback. We'd, we'd like to have something to 
read and to discuss. Um, other than that, I guess we'll, uh, we'll talk to you for episode 13, uh, which will be two old and one new books there. And, uh, we'll try to get that up here within the next week or so. Thanks for tuning in and keep it up. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.